Let's Roll. This is Counter Charge, your podcast for all things Kings of War. Join your hosts, Mark Zylinski, Jeremy Duval, and Rob Fanouf as they delve into the world of Mantica and bring you in-depth coverage of all things Kings of War. Welcome to Countercharge. I'm Jeremy Duvall. And I'm Rob Fanouf. And tonight we have an episode recorded live at the U.S. Masters all about everybody's favorite topic, dot deployment. Jeremy, that was a great conversation we had with the gang back there in San Antonio. Yeah, you know, it's definitely something that got a lot of uh, press, shall we say, about Masters, a lot of different, um, uh, you either love it or hate it, right? So definitely we got a lot of interesting perspectives on what people thought about it. As an added bonus, we have a few people that have sent us audio submissions to share their perspectives on DOT deployment. So uh, sit back, enjoy. After listening to the episode, we'd love to hear what you think over the Facebook page. Uh, DOT deployment is just one of many ways to do terrain placement in the uh, Kings of War tournament scene. Um, but it's one that's uh, gotten a fair amount of traction of late. You know, and I think, Rob, audio submissions are fun. So if anyone ever wants to submit one to us about anything, feel free. You know, any thoughts or whatever, maybe we'll start collecting them and do like a, an audio submission episode. Could be pretty fun. That's going to be us for tonight. So sit back and enjoy everything you didn't want to know about dot deployment. So we're going to talk about dot deployment. Yes. Or, what, or the terrain. Let's start off with what it is. Yes. That's, you have my notes <laughs> for that. So Dan, why don't you tell us? Again, this is why we well, have so, Dan on the show. Yeah, so Dan, why don't you explain Explain what dot deployment is. Oh, God. The general maybe view I'm, right there. Okay, so uh, maybe I'm not the day. best because I'm, I'm sure I'm going to get corrected. But basically, there's like six dots on the board. Or, or is it eight? Eight? Ten dots on the board. Thanks, Mark, in the background. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Cox's variable amounts of dots. Variable. Oh, it could be, okay. It could be nine. It could be ten. Right. Eleven. Okay. Mark says variable with this like slide breaking look in news. Okay, so and then you, all the terrain is actually placed on the side, and then players alternate placing a piece of terrain. Just that the actual piece of terrain has to fully cover one of the dots that's on the board. And then there's some restrictions on how close they can be to one another, which I believe is eight inches. If Mark's going to correct me there, no overlap. No overlap. Okay, so okay. as long as there's no overlap, uh, and then and. Obviously, hills can only be placed in deployment zones if both players agree that right. that's and no one's going to believe that. Come on, let's be honest. Uh, I think you might see it once or twice. Okay, if it's they both have shooting armies, maybe no, they both actually, have combat armies. <laughs> that's possible too. Yes, that's exactly it. Right, um, because maybe they want to have more interesting stuff in the middle. And if you're actually saying the hills can't be in the deployment zone, you're finding that it's going to be more the hills, hills in the middle. In the middle. Right. right. So. Okay. I think there's actually a lot more even than that, actually, of situations where both might actually agree to having a hill and deployment zone, especially if it's only like a moderate shooting army on one side and a combat on another, mm-hmm. that may actually also play into it, um, because that would also allow more cover to be in the center of the right. table. So mm-hmm. I think there's a lot more situations where you might find that both do than, than what you might initially think. So that kind of covers uh, what is dot deployment. Let's talk about the infrastructure, though, that's needed to do dot deployment. Because that's, it's not just like have some terrain. You've, right. you've got to think about it. You've got to have stickers, right? Mm-hmm. You have to premeditate what where those stickers those are going to be on. Mm-hmm. The bigger thing, though, is you've got to have enough time on the clock. you you got to think about that. You've got to make sure you've padded the mm-hmm. time because this is now an extra step. Yep. Five minutes, right? Is plenty yeah. of time. 
people can we talk, I think you used the term earlier yeah, analysis, analysis paralysis, paralysis. Yeah. yeah so if you get somebody that's just like I don't know what to do you know you end up spending a whole lot of time yeah, what, placing a hill what I'm curious is you have to like you say Rob you have to factor that into your clock management and if you haven't practiced dot deployment, yeah. I'm hoping that most most I've uh, you know you hear through as people are preparing, most people have played a practice game. Mm-hmm. But for the people here who've never played dot deployment for terrain, you know that is we do have extra time for it, but it's not a lot. I mean, you got to be moving. You got to right. have a, you got to have a game plan for what you want to do. Yeah, and I wonder, I guess too, how much terrain is is the number of pieces of terrain different for dot deployment than regular. Well, a lot of it depends on the size of your terrain, right? right. Because, you know, one giant piece of impassable is very different than right. two smaller. Sure. Mm-hmm. I so know, I, so I, I guess we would say that it's probably the same, right? The same, right. I, mean, it, I would say you would probably want about the same. An interesting, like, point, too, on shout again to Dash 28. I'm going to mention it every time <laughs> Why don't every you just give a plug? A, a real plug. <laughs> a real plug? Yeah. So, so yeah, if you if you haven't, you know, gone to Facebook and liked the Dash 28 Facebook page yet, definitely do that. Um, Dash 28, we've got basically a weekly updated series of different articles and blogs all about Kings of War. Um, I think right now we're actually up to two articles a week, roughly. It's awesome. With some weeks, you know, three. It's really, really good. We and there's good fiction. content, too. Yeah, it's really good content. There's a balance of hobby yeah, tons of different stuff I'm and it's, yeah. it's yeah. proofread you know for the most part yes <laughs> jake, jake is the master you of the semi <laughs> we, we don't have any canadian we do, we do not we need an international we, we do we do but we might have to talk to ray shields about that right oh. <laughs> <laughs> at least you get quality content that way <laughs> you'd have the historical corner <laughs> so uh going back to dot deployment um outside of the south is anybody else doing it i know we did it at siege of augusta because because we, we, wanted, we wanted to practice but so we started off um kings of war actually with a couple doing variations of dot deployment it didn't use dots it used terrain placement with similar rules where you had to be six inches apart and this far away from the board edge etc etc so it's basically just like having the dots on the table it's just right it was very very similar yeah. Um, we, we didn't like it. There's a couple of reasons. I think the reasons why you've mentioned, Dan, that you like it is totally valid. Those are all, I think, pros well, of the system. Let's break those down. So give us your first one. What I like about it is it can break and, up. And just for those that are listening at home, the man who created dot deployment is, is sitting right behind sitting me. Sitting behind him smirking. I didn't, I didn't create it. You didn't create it? Oh, but you perfected it. How's that? It was by you. Okay. Yeah, I, I had to tweak it. He tweaked it. Uh-huh. Okay. That would be Mark Cox. If you can't tell from the really deep voice, <laughs> I'm Captain America. Uh-huh. <laughs> As he takes a swig from his flask. That's right. That's right. So it advantages. advantages. So what I love about it is, is that it just adds another layer of strategy to the game. Absolutely. Uh, like, so it, I think it balances armies out and levels them out. Because if you take a really shooty army, um, you know, if somebody else basically wins a roll off against you, they're going to throw like a hill or like a yeah. giant impassable it's, it's, piece. It's like ridiculously uncanny, like what you're saying. Yeah. Right? It's just, <laughs> right, yeah, we're, yeah, we're brothers of yeah, another mother. Totally. Um, and it, it breaks up those lanes and it kind of creates a difference to the game in that respect. Uh, what I also do like about it is that um, there's some control over it, right? It's not... <laughs> the problem that you can find is that when there's like random tables and you're walking up to the table, mm-hmm. you could end up running into a table against a particular list and feel completely helpless. I think it takes that portion of it out because, you know what, if it turns out the terrain isn't to your liking, well, you had a say on that and you right. probably, you, you definitely mm-hmm. were involved in it. It creates accountability. Right. Yes, exactly. Right, right. 
So uh, I think it's great, uh, but Jake is going to definitely give a counterpoint of why yeah. he uh, disagrees. Well, let, let's just go back over those, though, because yeah, the yeah. first one you mentioned is you know a strategic placement trained by the players. So there yeah. is ownership of the process, right? That's great. Um, you mentioned you know you can mitigate matchup discrepancies because like if you have two armies that are wildly unbalanced, you you literally could use the you terrain it, right? to make to make it different. And then obviously yeah. using the hills to block off shooting lanes. But the one that we we didn't touch on. It's something that obviously I like and Mark likes. You know, it actually takes some of the burden off tournament staff. Right. You don't have to worry about it. Right, right. You guys put it wherever the hell you want. Well, that's a, that's a really interesting point. I hadn't really thought about that because that's probably a hassle, right? Of yeah. setting the tables up and then from game to game, people that's move it. the terrain exactly. and you right. don't know where it is. Yeah. And it's like a whole big And it's year. like, is this the way it's supposed to be? Yeah. Well, it's like, yeah, so, you don't have to worry about that part of it. Right. So here's all the counters. Okay, I've, I've, got, I've got them <laughs> written down. So I'm expecting, I'm, I've got the list. So um, obviously, I come from a very different perspective. Um, we pretty much have a set way we do terrain in the mid-atlantic um we use preset terrain maps um every table is the same terrain map which i'm not crazy about but it does make every table even um and those show you where the terrain is and then we use a different map each round and then the players reset and every credit. table in the t- in, in the tournament for that for that turn or that that, that, that round has, has the exact the same, same placement yes pieces might be slightly different but oh, so right. each table will have the exact same terrain mm-hmm. as every other table yeah that sounds like a mike atkins thing and that is actually, I believe it was a Chris Fisher first. Okay, thing. Chris Fisher, he's quieter. He's a mad extremely, genius. Extremely, extremely intricate thought processes behind that. You know, much quieter. Yeah, I mean, because he comes off as just like this very quiet. Right. He's a very, very humble, but he's he's cutthroat. He takes people out. He, I took his spot because he couldn't make it, and he did amazing last year as a merc. I think he like won you, like four or five of his game. Yeah. yeah. So well, I actually, I, I do have to point out that I do love that idea a, of a train system. The idea that the table the yeah. table shifts from game to game and that everybody's actually playing on that same one it makes that, it nice because it takes that element of i lost because of the table theoretically you could have but everybody was in the same boat right right, right. So, but bringing it back that actually doesn't explain why dot placement isn't good so how about so, you go into that <laughs> yes. so i think there's basically three 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 lines of thought of why right. my, my region's not a big fan of dot placement my biggest, and this is one that has nothing to do with the tactical size, I think it makes shit-looking tables. Yeah. Um, the tables don't look good. I like a table that can tell a story, you know, looks right. something, and what inevitably happens is some jackass puts the fence over, like, side, you know, parallel to the board edge in the corner, so that's completely out of the game, and you have stuff that's all over the place, and it just, it doesn't look... You, you definitely like, have the opportunity to have non-narrative non-thematic right. battlefields, right? If they're playing just for the purposes of the game and they're not thinking about, well, we're playing a battle here, mm-hmm. they'll just... Right. You, know, you end up with, like, hills down the middle or you end mm-hmm. up with goofy table placement. Right. Um, uh, and, and wonky so terrain that, That's a big one for me mm-hmm. because I'm, I'm, first and foremost, a very visual, very hobbyist yeah. player. Okay, can I counter that, yeah. though? Yeah. Because uh, that, that involves both players actually uh, consciously going out of their way Agreed. to do that, right? I totally agree, but I think it's one of those things where once you add a level of it affects the game, especially the game like the Masters, we see it in the list people take. People take toxic lists that you would never bring to a friendly, like, hey, let's just play a game. I'll take my well, three takes, dragons. We talked about accountability, right? Right. And if, yeah, like if the terrain is not really 
uh, if it's narrative and it's really cool looking, mm-hmm. maybe it's not balanced or something. Well, right. It's not them. They, you can blame the, ter- the the TO in that case. Well, although a lot of the narrative of the terrain actually is just the way it's presented, right? Sure. Right. Sure. Like I do get the, yeah. the the one point you made about like a perpendicular wall yeah, on fans, the table, right. right? Which would make zero sense in an actual battlefield sense. But even so, that's probably only one or two pieces. Like that's not. And it, we found a lot of the terrain tends to. You have like a like very like uh, back and forth. So like if someone really wants hills or forest somewhere, like I'm going to grab like if I'm playing herd, I'm going to grab a forest and try to put it off to the side. They're going to grab their one forest and put it somewhere where they hope it matters. They're going to grab the other one off to the side. So it ends up creating just not visually as appealing. A great example, I think, of terrain that I found really compelling is the Lady the Lake terrain. The way Krista is set up there, right? Um, It you went to the table and it you felt like I am fighting in this village or this forest um and even like rob your blue city brawl terrain right like, sort of looks same thing. really cool um so i think you lose some of that not always i agree yeah, dan yeah. like yeah. both players have to ruin it right for sure yeah <laughs> um it's like both players have to come with unpainted armies right, right i mean right. yeah um well I, no only one player does really let's be honest <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay, you're, right. you're right you're right i think there also is a point of criticism that potentially and a lot of this depends on where the dots are, but your terrain placement is going to end up very similar most games because you are going to be assuming that the terrain is similar from table to table to table, like right. counts and whatnot, because you are going to almost always be trying to probably push. If you have Pathfinder, you're going to always be trying to push that difficult terrain to in the center. You're probably not going to have hills in the deployment zone, so they're going to end up in the center, which then pushes the other things on the outside. And so I, we found a lot of the the boards that we set up ended up looking very similar, which we felt like didn't enhance it tactically as much as you might think on the surface. See, that's interesting because for me, uh, for me, uh, I feel for that to happen, that would that would be a meta thing on your side. Probably that the lists probably. are all very similar in that respect, right? Because for me, I would figure that like the way that I would play um, would would where i put terrain would actually matter a lot based well, the, upon who i'm playing against the terrain right definitely. so that i didn't think there would be that much similarity because i would place let's say with my combat list i would mm-hmm. place terrain extremely differently against a shooty list right than against uh, a trash list right or against another combat list but so right? here's so, the here's the here's the point in comparison that we found is like so you often enter in, each of us is going to enter with our, our terrain strategy, if you will. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, your strategy is going to either be to get an advantage against your opponent, in which case they're probably trying to stop that advantage, yeah, yeah. or vice versa. So you take your step forward, and then I take my step back to, to fix that. You take right, your yeah. step forward, I take my step back. And so at the end of the day, you end up with essentially placements that I don't think are going to have a great amount of variety in them. Like We found... The center almost always had height zero difficult, maybe a forest instead with a hill off to the right side, a hill off to the left side, impassable off to the sides and the fences, either in the center if you really wanted them or, you know, hmm. it, it, we didn't find there was that much variety. Again, we're playing within uh, essentially an echo chamber. I mean, right. we really are. Yes. But like at Siege of Augusta, which is a larger room, I, I didn't feel like it sort of felt like a lot of the tables look very similar. Is that maybe, do you think that's because of the lack of familiarity with the dot placement? Or do you actually really think that actually had a lot to do with um, making a conscious effort to make them all kind of look the same? 
probably a little bit of all of those, but when we did, and when we first started playing Kings of War and we had the one tournament that insisted on people deploying terrain, yeah. um, the re- both the Northeast and the Mid-Atlantic decided very quickly we didn't like it because we didn't think it was worth the extra hassle. We didn't right, think and that, that's, that's a disadvantage, right? You and have I to have another, get that, that, another layer that of rules to, yeah. hey, this is how we're going to do it, this is the rule, it's going to take up There's some of your time. Some, I definitely think there is some strategy behind it, 100%, yeah. and I think yeah. that well, uh, in the Masters we'll see it pop let up. Let me ask you this, though. Things. This is an interesting point. You, you said strategy. Does it increase the performance gap between strong and mid players to a point where um, it, it's just another tool that a strong player can leverage? I Does that make sense to the point where it's you're, right. you're getting you it's know, no longer I, the game. It's I no actually longer the list. think that's a very valid criticism if you're wanting to try and create something that is more approachable. Um, yes, I, I definitely do think because you have to know what the different styles of armies. You have to know where to place stuff based upon those styles of armies that's mm-hmm. advantageous to you and right. uh, and also how to mitigate what terrain they can place to um, get more advantages on you as well. So yeah, it definitely adds another level of complexity there that actually definitely makes it less right. approachable. Right. I think also there's a potential criticism that it, certain armies really rely on good terrain placement. Like mm-hmm. Herd is a great yes. example. So if you're playing Herd you're going to try to shove that difficult terrain out to the edges, but herd pay points for that pathfinder. So you, in in some ways, dot terrain um, placement is going to shift those bands even more between, you know, an army that can perform competitively versus not. Now, granted, it probably then lifts up some armies that, you know, so it has, you know, it's like a rubber band effect for every, you know, decrease somewhere, you're probably having increased reverberation elsewhere. So I've heard a lot of me and Jake talking. I'd really like to hear what yeah. Jeremy has to yeah. think. Well, of the I think that like it comes down to where when um, masters you're trying to achieve who is the best tactical player. Like this is the one event where best battle is the award, right? You know, in most events, overall is the kind of well. There scene. is a paragon award, yeah. right? But usually in an event, overall is seen as that's who won the event, right? And battle is like uh, the second, almost. yeah. And here it's battle, and I wonder if. You have an event solely focused on it. It's already so hyper-focused on battle through the lists and through everything else that if you don't have a little bit more of the narrative boards, you take you skew it too much. It's too much. It's too much towards being okay. just ultra competitive and for the maybe for some of the players who are competitive but are also they've been competitive all year long because they're good sportsmen mm-hmm. are they're good painters they're coming from regions where they qualified because their region takes overall scores i don't think you, you oh man i wish my region did that man, well you're the too. boss you're the boss so you gotta you make the decision now alex chavez is the the puppet master i'm just the face you, you do whatever alex tells you to do <laughs> alex you're is the, the talent bra- alex is the brains i'm the diplomacy <laughs> it goes back, i think it goes back to why do you go to tournaments Right. One of the reasons why you go to tournaments is you want to play against good people. You want to hang out with your bros. Mm-hmm. You want, and I'm kind of putting aside all the social aspects, just focusing on the gameplay while you go right. to a tournament. One of the reasons is you want to play on nice boards. Yes. You want to play with cool terrain that you haven't played with. And when you take that agency of that away from the TO... It can decrease that potential. It can decrease. And I'm not really saying one's yeah. better than no, the no, other. No, no. They're, 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 they're mutually saying? exclusive, right? So yeah. when a TO... I mean, I just speak for myself. When I'm sitting at the table... I want it to like. I want it to be a cool-looking experience, right? Now, I am taking into account. Well, I want to have it. A little, I don't really want it totally asymmetric. I want. Right. I want to have some hindered. You know, I want obstacles on both sides. I'm trying right, to right. trying to balance it a little bit, but that's the secondary goal. The first goal is it needs to look cool. So mm-hmm. when the army's engaged, um, and I'm taking into account, you know, like 
if I know we're playing dominate, well, then I'm probably not going to put a big giant piece of blocking terrain in the center. I did that one time and I got a lot of bad feedback. So I learned, <laughs> I learned from my mistakes. Yeah. But you know, and, but in dot deployment, you could, you could do it. You could totally go, you know what? This is to my advantage. And, yeah, and, somebody and, could choose and to it's throw gamey, a big but, impassable terrain, right? You know, that's pushing it. it that's yeah, but that's, that's, that's the that's, rules. We're playing within the boundaries of the yeah, rules. Yeah. 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 Well, and the first... Too, it's like, there's going to be a first place and there's going to be a last place, even mm-hmm. at Masters, right? Yes. Even when you're dealing with that level yeah. player. Yeah. And I think you want to give a, 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 a throughput on game experience to all people in yes. the, from number one Everybody's number. experience matters. So even if someone loses if they said oh man i played on that great uh bridge riverlands they're not going to say that when they're done but <laughs> i appreciate <laughs> that you mark's already going no i don't want to i'm this. trying to give bcb a plug but yeah. i mean if you play on really nice boards or ones that have stories or whatever that can be something that can be a takeaway for the player who they know they're not going to mm-hmm. be competing for right for an award well, but maybe you're hitting on something which is it's okay if some events have dot placement some don't right 100 no, percent the whole thing yeah. right no the Varieties, totally but what we were discussing here was whether or not that, that, that we thought this was a great idea for Masters. I yeah, think. I, because I, this is at the pinnacle of it. I think it's so, fine. Yeah. I think this is the third time we've ran Masters. The yep. first time we ran Dot Deployment. Yep. Maybe next time we don't. In, in, in some regard, I think Masters is great because the home region kind of says, "Hey, here's what I think we should do," and then and then people vote on it. You guys vote the heads. And, and I don't know what say, the vote yeah. came out at. I, mean, I think I was, it was really tight. I think, I think it, was it was like a five three. Yeah, five three. So that so what it's saying is. Hey, there's three regions that don't like it. Which was the Northeast, the Mid-Atlantic, and I believe the Southeast. Right. <laughs> right. Which is weird because, you know, I thought Southeast would always follow South, but maybe not. Well, We've that, got a vote. Oh, yeah, because the they East love Coast. each other, right? <laughs> well, we're, we're best pals, man. Right? <laughs> oh, yeah. And that best shows pals. you that, like, Masters is a living organism, right? Right. And, and that it's something that... Uh, certain things uh, are uh, consistent through year to year, but there there is flexibility. So for those players and masters players, you know, reach out to your region chair if there's something that you like or don't like, or you'd love to see in the game. You know, how things- unless if you're mid Atlantic, I don't want to well, hear from yeah. you. Absolutely. Well, let's keep going. We're not done with dot placement yet. <laughs> okay. Though. Uh, Just kidding. We were just talking kind of about you know in a roundabout way what what's the impact of dot deployment on our tournament scene, and you brought up some things where. Maybe it's it's incentivizing the wrong things or different things. Not the wrong things. It's just mm-hmm. not enough value on it, but it's something different. Let me take it a step further, though. How how do you guys see it also affecting the meta, for example? What, I mean, I think it makes potentially you can much more aggressively use units with Pathfinder because you can dictate where that difficult terrain will be in a way that other boards cannot. Right. But I think on the same inverse. It benefits you only having maybe two to three units with Pathfinder. Right. Because Instead of a whole army, sure it's only on one flank rather right. than the entire. Because board, your opponent's yeah. not going to let you cover all the important right. parts. Yeah, it's like specialized Pathfinder versus army piece. One of the benefits of having army wide Pathfinder is you know pretty much however the table's set up. You'll be fine. You'll be fine. And you're paying for that. You're paying for that. You're paying right. for that sort of buffer. Whereas here, it's like, well, I got my two Pathfinder units, which is, I need to have them, but that's good because I, through sheer amount of terrain pieces that must be placed, I can put those two mm-hmm. pieces where I need them to be. No, I, 
I 100%. And totally so you kind of hit on list constructions or anything else in terms of list construction. If, if you know you're playing in an environment of dot, dot yeah, deployment. I think I started actually yeah. by saying that I felt that it balanced more lists. So because the skewier list becomes, I, well, well, at least you it can balances mitigate the it. shooty part. You can mitigate it. Like, oh, I'm playing against Twilight King I, chariots. Gonna, yeah, I'm, I'm going to put hills right in front of them. And well, then, hills doesn't matter with chariots. Okay. Like three. Well, we just got to make them high three. <laughs> we just got to make the hills high three, and then we're fine. No, right? I, I don't think that's the way to oh, go. Oh, that's not the way to go? Uh, so do you think... Although we did make uh, four is height six. Yeah, and then they right. also have height two difficult, difficult terrain, terrain, which is very yeah. unique. I'm curious how that's going to yeah, work see, out. We've never played on that before, ever. We, yeah, we played with height, height one and height flat, uh, difficult well, I, so, terrain, so it's a similar concept. Yeah, so I I, like I, I've always had... Okay, so we've had height zero terrain, mm-hmm. which if we treat like height zero. Like, right. you, you get cover behind it if you're height three or, yeah, you know, yeah. Yeah. or if you're in it. But then... Um, Height and then or height zero flat or height well or height flat. zero yeah which is you get cover zero. behind it right you yes. treat it like by the number and then yeah. flat, the flat is like it. you just ignore it right. unless you're in it in it exactly so this is going to be interesting though but height two you're talking about blocking line of sight mm-hmm. yeah yeah they've that's been, different they've it's been different. playing a lot of that on universal battle oh really that's very popular the height two difficult terrain like uh pretty much the universal battle crew always plays with that piece of train what does that provide i mean obviously more light light of sight blocking is it, that the big thing it, well you've got line of sight blocking you've got the ability to throw down some more difficult terrain just for like grinding units like grinding units like undead love having difficult terrain in the center of the board if they can get on the objective force first because you sit there and you let hindered charges all day and then you counter right, charge right you keep, you keep, healing them up and don't I, I think also from a visual perspective there's a lot of cool terrain that isn't quite a forest isn't quite flat so that variation right cornfields yeah, exactly. yeah. I mean I yeah. like shrubs height one uh, difficult terrain makes a lot of sense right I don't, I don't, I'm not sure what we would what do you represent height two, height two with yeah, because I mean, you're talking about large infantry. I think at this it's point. usually like what I've seen it and what we've used it, and uh, we'll have like a template, like a forest template, and it has ruins on it. Mm-hmm. And then you remove the ruins, okay, just like ruins, you remove right, a okay. tree. Yeah, yeah. So it's but basically just a, it's a shorter tree. Yeah, it's like a it's it's like not quite a tree, but it's like a wall. You could have like sure, yeah, like sure. a garden. You know, yeah. I mean, there's, there's lots a lot of modeling yeah, ways you could go. Interesting. I think very more variation in sizes for terrain is something going forward that I'd like to see more tournaments experiment with because it allows you to utilize different. Yeah, let's talk about you know um we have a very good friend on dash 28 you know we had a fred give us an article mm-hmm, mm-hmm. about the double forest i love it I, I i we tried it and what'd you think it's good yeah it's you know Dan, you familiar? i think it's a fantastic it's idea yeah. i actually because forforests tend to be too large and mm-hmm. the, or just right. so tiny that they're like exactly. non-factors this is a neat way of actually creating that I don't think separation. I'm familiar with that. So it's just basically two smaller forces put together. So and they're treated as separate. It's not put together. They're well, an inch apart. Like, yeah, so they're just right. slightly, but they are distinct. Because the way, okay. you know, the way forests work, the second you enter them, essentially they're no longer there. You might slow down, but like yeah. for line of sight purposes and whatnot, they're no longer there. But if you have two forests close together but an inch apart, you enter it, and then the next part of the forest, still you can't, you can't see, see through. can't see through. Ooh, that's so interesting. It, it makes, yeah, it doesn't Because yeah. essentially a big forest isn't really a big forest. It's just yeah, easier it's, to see through, right? Uh, yeah, wow, but that makes really it really yep. So that was a yeah, Fred from cool. Giant Dwarf idea. On you know, Dash I had another idea too that I'll throw out there. It's probably a terrible idea, so you guys will tell me. But what about uh, interacting between two types of terrain? Like, for example, what if you had an obstacle on a hill? I like it. 
Maybe something. Oh no, di- I've, something I've unique. seen that mm-hmm. and we've it done good? it. Yeah, no, it's, it's yeah. good. It's fine. Yeah, no, fences inside yeah. a forest so that even if you have Pathfinder, right. once you charge over the you're forest, gonna, you're you don't have Strider. Yeah, okay, that yeah. I haven't seen. That's thematically, it, it doesn't make as much sense. But I you, guess if it you could think be an about abandoned fence that's right. been or, or like a abandoned wall or something. You know, yeah, maybe yeah, like yeah. that could represent like a really dense forest. Right, right. Yeah, true enough. No, I think that's cool. Like a downed log to use as an obstacle. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, let's circle back. Dot deployment. I like to keep everybody on track, right? Uh, <laughs> dot deployment, though, kind of like give us your final thoughts on. Uh, I'm I'm in favor of. Hey, we need to mix it up from time to time. Sometimes it's this is what we're using this time. I think it'll work just fine. I, it's a different way of doing it. Mm-hmm. Next time, we, right. we'll probably change it. For you know? masters, I think it's okay from because it's just another way for us. It's to another test tool. It's another lever. For regular GTs, I would like to see some events with it, some events without it, because part of I like the narrativeness of. Uh, boards. I think for masters, it should be okay, and I and I think we're just going to hear a lot of feedback right over the weekend. Well, to be fair, like the best it. of the best players, right? So yeah. they should be able to do this. Plus me and me. <laughs> you forgot Devlin's here and me, who's not even playing. Devlin's so. beat me every time we played. I, I, Doesn't he always so. remind you of that every time? We're <laughs> after dark? He's going to remind him of that tomorrow morning. Yeah, when he sure, out. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I beat uh, him in both tournaments, though. He might have beat me by a place higher hey, than in both. He times. talks a lot of crap every tournament, and him and I go to. I place way above him, <laughs> and he sulks about it. Do you it. climb that soft score ladder? Sometimes, or sometimes, you just go ahead and whoop his ass, <laughs> direct head to head. It just depends on what, whatever, if whatever feeling, you feel like. If I'm what, feeling what, a little saucy, I'll bump for. the kid down. But. If you're feeling benevolent, or if you just want to give exactly, him a soft, exactly. His poor little arthritis bones, you know. <laughs> Dan, so last thoughts. I like it. I, I do. Do feel some concerns that if for like smaller tournaments, it's certainly not as approachable uh, for for novice players, right? And if you're looking at an event that's trying to get people into the game, yeah. Just stick, well, that, and, but and overall, as a like a tactical, like maybe not very good at tactics. Let's be honest. But yeah, um, I don't know, Dan, but, you're you're spitting some hot fire here. I yeah, think you're, I, think I like yeah. it though. I like well, you, it. you know, you but you bring up a good point, which is my general philosophy about tournaments for new people is you keep it as simple as possible. You just mm-hmm. you play with the basic rules. You don't add a lot of extra stuff because you want to teach them the rules. And so, dot deployment would be that extra yeah. layer that we'll just skip. Yeah. Um, I think uh, it's fine for Masters. Um, obviously, it's not what I voted for. It's not what I prefer, I think, right. here, because honestly, I'd like less variables, Yeah. if I'm being honest. It's sort of like I love Lady of the Lake's wacky terrain rules, well, but I wouldn't a, want to see them You just them made here. me think of something here. I'm going to interrupt you. Is it really I'm going to let you finish, but... Conspiracy <laughs> theory. Conspiracy theory. Is it really just the South trying to get a home field advantage? Oh. oh. No. I, Okay. I, I I don't think so, okay. um, <laughs> and I say that fully thinking that it does give South players a bit of a boost because they're used to it. But the nice inverse of that is we brought blackjack scoring, so it it's, yeah, so it balances out, I guess. right? Okay. Um, and I, I don't think that's the reason that that those regions voted for it to give themselves a boost. Because, no, I think I know. think they voted for it because that's what they always run, right? And and they're and, and they're they see the benefits ready, for it. That's what they do, right. and so the, yeah. the TO. It's the same the reason why we voted against it. It's not right. necessarily because I mean, lots of us don't really like it as a system, but we also acknowledge it works. It's just not what we prefer because we right. do something else, right? Right. Okay. But I'm excited to see how it works throughout the you know throughout the weekend and. You know, who knows? Maybe by the end of the week, and I'll change my mind. I don't think so, but maybe. Well, yeah. I, I well, after he places his excellent terrain against Aaron Chapman in the morning, and then and Aaron then wins and proceeds me. to get a minor win, he'll be like, "This is amazing." <laughs> is, the next, the is the time. next level? People have to bring their own terrain. I would next, actually. Do you remember? I don't. I'm sure you remember, Rob. Some of the um, UK, UK Warhammer events would have that, and I would like to see 
events where you can bring one piece of your own terrain and there's like a terrain award. I think that'd be really cool. We had that in Warhammer where yeah. there was events where you would bring a table and then they would judge your terrain and yeah. And Did I think you could even bringing a table I have no problems with yeah. like and, and then having like an award for right. the best table. Yeah. And but you like, weren't necessarily going to bringing play on a piece it. of terrain that you add to your table. Not, like, so you don't so, necessarily add it to okay. your table. It's right. a piece of terrain that would get added to a table. Okay, that makes much more sense. And yeah. it'd be cool. You could, you could do some crazy stuff. You could skew otherwise, right? right? In the pack, you could do cool, some cool stuff where, like, you know how, like, lots of events have you pick this hero and it gets a special rule kind yeah. of thing? Yeah. You could have pick from these four types of terrain that have this wa- slightly wonky special rule and then yeah. design a piece to bring so that okay. that that could be very yeah, like a, a nice flavor incentive, yeah, yeah. right? Didn't you have a tournament, Dan, where you gave people terrain? Like at the end, did you do that? Yeah, for I one did cruise that hammer? for Cruise Hammer. Yes, that's, actually, that's, today, that's the tournament I want. I don't know. To. If, <laughs> I don't know if anybody's actually seen it, but it's what's called a battlefield in a box. So it's about the size of a like eight inch by ten inch uh, building, like a big church that's about seven inches tall. Uh huh. And then you kind of like Russian doll uh, six other buildings inside are, of it. Are they and MDF or what are they? They're all MDF. Nice. Yeah, and Who makes it? I do. Oh, well, and what's the plug for the website? Uh, minorcreations.com. But it's actually not even available on the website yet. I haven't uh, finalized well, the assembly this, instructions. Well, Battlefield in the Box so. sounds amazing. That's Dan Miner of Minor now, Creations. The, the beauty of it is, is it's the terrain is generic enough that it works for pretty much any game system. But it actually, you can fit two full tables of terrain in a banker's box. That's Damn. awesome. Wow. I thought I would give a little bit of a background on the player uh, place terrain using the dot method that was used at uh, Masters this past year. So that method has been in place in the South region for about three or four years, and it was actually developed by Jeff Daniels uh, prior to Bayou Battles. Um, and we were the first ones to actually use that method for placing terrain. And this was after using a couple of different methods prior to that. The problem with uh, TO place terrain is that most of the time um, the uh, the terrain gets moved around in between games. Uh, players pull out their big display boards, they gather up their army, and all the terrain gets pushed out of place. And so the TO has a lot of work to go around and kind of reset everything prior to the games. So the South region had for a while gone with player-based terrain, but with somewhat arbitrary rules about needing to be so far from a table edge or so far from other pieces of terrain. And often, sometimes you you would see uh, players, you'd walk around during a tournament and players would have placed all of their terrain near one side of the board or up against the, the short table edges, basically yielding a gigantic killing zone right in the middle of the field. And that kind of led to rather... Uh, uh, one-sided games um, when, when terrain was placed that way. So we came up with this method using the dots to force players to put the uh, terrain more or less evenly spread out across the table, but give them a little bit of uh, incentive to how they place terrain um, and also take a little bit of the burden off the TOs for having to go around and replace everything in between games. So the, the main strengths of the the, the main or, or the, the dot method is uh, 
it's used, um, is that it kind of gives players a little bit more of a tactical advantage before the deployment actually begins. I mean, if you even go back to uh, Sun Tzu's and the, the Art of War, he talks a lot about being able to, ch you know, choosing the ground on which you want to fight your battles on. Um, and so this gives the players a little bit of a chance to do that ahead of the time, looking at what their opponent's army is, looking at what their army is, and trying to place the train a little bit uh, to help give them an advantage during the game itself. Um, the one drawback to the player place terrain, well, there's a couple of small ones. Uh, the first one is that it does take time away from the actual game. So you either have to add a few more minutes into each round. Um, and if you're playing with a, a, a chess clock, um, do you include that time as part of the time that you're allotted to? Or do you start the clock um, a little bit later after the appointment, after the terrain's already set? So, the, so there's a little bit extra time uh, for each game that is required. The other thing, and this is more of an aesthetic uh, issue, is that you don't often get very realistic looking table setups. You know, you could have a, a very nice set of themed terrain on the table, but it looks kind of haphazard, kind of scattered all over with, as opposed to being a a setup where you actually have a theme to it. Like if you're on a, an Egyptian style table and you actually have things set up as you would expect to see, or if you have like a village in one part of the table with, you know, several buildings and all uh, kind of placed, you know, in a specific area. To, so it looks like a realistic uh, battlefield. That's the one thing that you don't get with this method. Um, although I, I, overall, I think that the method works very well for uh, what we're trying to do. And, you know, even if it ends up in a little bit more of an abstract battlefield, um, it does allow players to hit the, the board uh, and, and start their games relatively quickly um, because it's a very simple method to do. Okay, just alternate turns, placing over the dots and just making sure everything uh, finds a place for itself. Uh, so that's why... Uh, kind of a little bit of the history and background and some of my views on how things work. Uh, well, I'm JJ Jones. And I'm his wife, Michelle Jones. So, looks like Mr. Fanouf wanted us to record something on dot placement. So, we... Yeah, we actually played dot placement at Siege of Augusta. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I really had a good time at Siege of Augusta. And, you know, it was just our first Kings of War tournament ever. So we didn't really know what to expect, but we really had a great time. And the dot placement made it even more fun, I think. I, I did too. Uh, it, it makes it an. I will admit it adds a little more time because you're probably looking oh, yeah. at five to ten minutes extra setup. Sure. Uh, because you're doing, you know, you're putting down all the, the hills and the impassables and the uh, yeah. woods and everything like that. But it does, it, I think at first I had like, I have no idea, okay, I'm just going to throw these things down and hope for the right. best. Uh, but probably by the third or fourth game, I was actually like, okay, I want to be able to do this. I want to put yeah. this up here. Uh I think the army I was running had no shooting, so I didn't care about any of the hills. So I just sort of like, eh, whatever, we'll throw those down there. And, right. Yeah. And I thought it was fair that, you know, we couldn't have hills in the deployment zone. And, you know, it made it to where shooting didn't just, you know, shoot everything off the table. Yeah. Um, but I liked how being able to place the woods, you know, in good areas and be strategic that way with the dot placement. Yeah. I'm, it was a lot of fun. I think the biggest complaint with it is unfortunately the way we had the dots on the board 
that by the end of the tournament, they were all moved around so much, yeah. so I'm not sure. I don't know how to avoid that problem. And maybe it was the kind of dots they purchased. I don't know. But yeah. it seemed like they were always falling off, and that really would mess up the next game, because we'd spend like five, ten minutes trying to figure out where they were supposed to go. Yeah. And we'd have to call over uh, the guy leading the tournament, and it was just oh, a little frustrating that way, but... I do like the dot placement overall. That's the only one thing I probably would say is negative for me. Mm. Consistency, I think, is the key. It's a great little thing to add, but it seems like the biggest thing for it is keeping it consistent. Because I think hearing coverage from Masters, they had issues with um, not having the exact same amounts of terrain on each table. They'd have, like, four of those impassable things on some of them, and it would just mess things up. So I think the the biggest thing is consistency, no matter if it's just where the dots are or anything like that. Yeah, that that was my problem. It seemed like some of the tables seemed like, wow, this has a lot of woods. This has a lot of hills. And I'm like, well, I can't use this because I'm not supposed to have a hill in deployment zone. So we had to kind of tweak it and say, oh, well, I guess that's not a hill, and... It seemed like, you know, yeah, that's probably a problem anywhere when you have, like, a shortage of terrain. You kind of have to make do with what you have. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, the, the dot placement, I think, is a really good idea to kind of make sure that, you know, players can set up the terrain how they want uh, to benefit their army. And, you know, it makes the game more interesting. Yeah. Well, do you think we have anything else to say about it? Um, I think that pretty much covers it. Uh, did you have anything else you want to add? No, I think we're good. All right. Well, that's all we have. Well, I hope you can use this, Mr. Fanoof, and hope to meet you at some of the future tournaments. Yes, definitely. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> This is Kyle from Minnesota, and here are my thoughts on dot deployment, or I guess dot terrain would probably be more accurate. Um, If I'm starting a game or setting up terrain for a game, and I know, like, I'm a tried round player, right? I know I'm going to have more Pathfinder than you. I'm going to make sure that there is a woods or something like that right in the middle of the table. And even if you claim the biggest woods or the clot right in this or the dot right in the center, I'm still going to be able to put a very big piece of difficult in a very central position. And actually, one of our local players did this at Masters. Um, it was actually Jeff, one of our dwarf guys, and he took a horde of bulwarkers and he gave them Pathfinder because he knew that every game he'd be able to put a forest right in the middle of the table, probably on an objective or somewhere relevant to the objectives. And with that, he'd just be able to move them straight forward and his whole army had Pathfinder. And the ability to do that really favors something like a herd or a nature or a trident realm who has that access to Pathfinder. Because I know if I am a melee army with a lot of Pathfinder, I am going to put as many woods as I can in the middle of the table. And looking at some of the other melee armies, I mean, Varanger isn't as dominant as it was a couple of years ago. And orcs and salamanders don't need to get any worse. And yet... If I'm playing up against them, I can set up terrain, so there's no way you can fit one of those big 250 millimeter infantry hordes there. Um, Even 
a lot of people will talk about, oh, but it, the woods there will counter shooting, right? But if it's a slower army like that, we actually have an elf player who's very careful to remind people that he likes seeing woods in the middle of the table. Because, sure, his shooting goes from fours to fives, but he gets an extra turn of shooting. And to him, that means he's going to get more turns or more damage total, even though it's less per turn. Now, those combined make me think that this is going to give us less fair and balanced maps than ones set up deliberately to be fair, whether that's by the TO or if they're taken from the map pack. Now, in addition to the maps themselves, and I think this is something that came up in one of the uh, interviews you guys did during Masters was that it's a barrier to competitive play, or it's a higher barrier to competitive play, where if I'm a new player, maybe I'm new to the game, this is my first tournament, oh god, now I have to take part in setting up terrain too? That's that's just going to make my experience of that tournament worse if I have no idea how to approach that. And my last point and again, I'm pretty sure this is something that came up in one of the interviews, is that it adds a skill component to the game outside of gameplay, which I think somebody had compared that to pre-measuring, right? Where people who were good at guessing ranges were a lot better at, say, some of those editions of Warhammer without pre-measuring. And another comparison there would be list building, too, right? Where, I mean, we kind of pride ourselves on this being a game where it's about the decisions you make during the game, not what you bring. And frankly, I think it should be about the decisions you make during the game, not how you set up the table and how I beat you on terrain setup. So all combined between those three things, I have to say I don't like it. And I don't want to see more tournaments going to this dot deployment or dot terrain system. So for dot deployment, overall, I really like dot deployment. Um, we played it at Masters. I've also played some UB games with dot deployment, and I've been finding it a really fun, interesting addition to the game. I'm really liking the fact that I can change up how things are going to happen or that I'm not just screwed at a tournament or in a game just because I get a certain table. Like if I join a tournament and I get put on table five and I have no cover from a shooting army and I'm dead. And it feels like I also lost because of the board, not just because of my opponent. So I think dot deployment kind of gives us some power in dictating how that's going to happen. Now, I also see how some people are talking about dot deployment and have some concerns when you have terrain pieces that are too big or don't really fit well with the other terrain pieces. So you get kind of a weird looking overcrowded board and then people aren't able to move hordes up or there's no um, shooting lanes, things like that. So I wonder almost if we need like a play test in events, you know, just put the terrain out on the board, not necessarily where it has to be, but just to get an idea of if there's too much on a board. I don't know if that's the solution, but uh, I can see where people's concerns are coming. The other thing I've heard some people talk about, which is an interesting thing I hadn't thought about, is 
how much of a benefit you have to going first with terrain placement because you can just pop that forest right in the middle and you're done. But uh, maybe there needs to be some sort of penalty if you're going first with the uh, with the terrain. Maybe something else you have to go second, or you have to go first in that as well. I don't really know what that would look like, but overall, I'm finding dot deployment a very interesting thing and a new strategy and a new addition to the game. So that's my thoughts. Well, that's another episode done and dusted. Thanks to the folks that joined us at Masters to talk about the subject. A huge thanks to Rick Hoy, JJ and Michelle, Kyle, and uh, the uncredited Ashley Mawat for sending in some audio submissions of their perspectives of dot deployment. So that's going to do us tonight. And until next time, keep countercharging. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next time on Countercharge. Please let us know what you thought of the show by emailing us at counterchargepodcast at gmail.com, on Twitter at countercharge15. If you enjoy the show, you can help others find out about it by leaving positive reviews on iTunes. Until next time, keep countercharging. Music is a composition of Kevin McLeod and is licensed under Creative Commons. 